to see some tremendous things that are going on in this place. And tonight, amen, in this final message, I would like to draw your attention to the book of Judges. Judges chapter 6. The sixth chapter of the book of Judges. I believe that God has something for somebody here this morning. You know, I mentioned last night that after the revival is over with and the preacher, the evangelist is gone and the choir, visiting choir is gone. It's just you and God. Amen. And today I have a message for the church. I have a message for somebody and I pray that your heart will be edified through the word of God. Judges chapter 6 beginning at verse 11. The Bible says, And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak which was at Ophrah that pertained unto Joash the Abizrite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, did not the Lord bring us out from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? And verse 15 says, And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. And finally, verse 16 says, And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Tonight, I would like, or this morning, I would like to speak to you on the topic, Becoming a Mighty Man of Valor. Becoming a mighty man of valor. Let's go before the Lord Jesus. We come before your presence this morning, God. We're thanking you for your word. We're thanking you, Jesus, right now, God, because we can feel your presence in this place, God. We're thanking you for every individual that is here in your house of worship, God. We're asking that as your word goes forth right now, God, let it prick the heart of every individual that's here right now. Get it, let it speak to my heart, God. Let it speak to my soul. And let me receive something, God, from your word today. We're thanking you and we're praising you. We're glorifying you. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. And the church said amen. amen. Praise God. You may be seated this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. The book of Judges, where we have read from, is a book that... I don't believe we can ignore simply because it is so relevant to our present generation. Now the book of Judges, it stands in strong contrast to the book of Joshua which precedes the book of Judges. And this book of Joshua records how Joshua who through his leadership and through his obedience to God, how he conquered the land through trust and in the power of Almighty God. But if we go to the book of Judges, in this certain book we see the picture 
of a disobedient and an idolatrous people which are defeated time and time again because of their rebellion against God. Amen. The point that I would like to emphasize here is that the theme of the book of Judges seems to surround itself on the fact that there was no king in the land at the time of Judges. Amen. The scripture says it like this. In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Amen. And so we see that there was no rule over them, and that every man did what he wanted to do. And as a result, amen, the book of Judges is filled with great disappointment. Amen. Although our scripture reading comes from the book of Judges this morning, I feel that I've got to take you backwards, amen, to get to the point that I want to get to this morning, amen. You see, the book of Joshua, we all know and we've heard the story of Joshua. Joshua was a man that God anointed after Moses had died, amen. It was Joshua that was called to lead the children of Israel into the promised land of Canaan. But what stands within my mind about Joshua was a fact that when he came into leadership, not only did he lead God's people into the land of promise, but he led them into the ways of the Lord this morning. Amen. But it is in this final chapter of Joshua's book that the Bible tells us that it came to pass that Joshua, the son of Nun, died at the age of 110 and that they buried him. Hallelujah. But to his credit, the Bible tells us, amen, um, that all Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua and which had known all the works of the Lord uh, that he had done in Israel. Uh, in other words, while Joshua lived, um, he preached the gospel to the children of Judah, amen. Um, as long as Joshua lived, uh, he kept the Ten Commandments uh, and he preached the word uh, everywhere he went um, and God honored him uh, and at the age of 110 um, Joshua died amen uh, but God's presence was still with the children of Judah amen uh, because we can see that the Bible tells us uh, that the elders that lived and outlived Joshua that they all preached the gospel uh, and the works of the Lord uh, that were done in Israel uh, and all Israel uh, they knew God amen Amen. Um, but I want for you to notice something with me this morning. Uh, and that something, amen, uh, would be quite different uh, that would take place uh, after the death of Joshua. In previous times, God always had a man in line waiting that would rise to the forefront to continue the work of the Lord. Amen. Uh, but not this time. Amen. Uh, in previous times, uh, as scripture records, uh, when God called Abraham, uh, and as Abraham became old and feeble, uh, right before he died, uh, the Bible tells us uh, that he blessed his son Isaac. Uh, and when Isaac was near death, uh, he blessed his son Jacob uh, to continue uh, the work of the Lord. Amen. Uh, and we can go on 
and on and on. When God's people found themselves in bondage, God would call to the forefront a man by the name of Moses to lead his people out of Egypt. But Moses would only take God's people into the wilderness, leaving Joshua to assume the responsibility of taking Israel into the land of promise. And so now we see when Moses dies, amen, the word of the Lord comes to Joshua saying, Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. I want you to rise up and go over Jordan and all the people. I want you to take them into the promised land, amen. And we can see that it was then that Joshua immediately rises to the occasion and answers the call of God. But we read Joshua's story and all the exploits that God had done to Joshua, amen. After Joshua delivers and establishes the children of Israel into the promised land at the age of 110, when he did all that he did for God, the Bible says that Joshua died. But this time, something was different. After the death of Joshua, God does not have a man in waiting. After Joshua, there's no man that rises to the occasion. Um, I often wonder, Pastor Barunda, amen, uh, if this is a time that the prophet Ezekiel uh, is speaking about uh, when he speaks on the Lord's behalf and says, uh, and I sought for a man amongst them uh, that would make up the hedge uh, and stand in the gap before me for the land uh, that I should not destroy it. Uh, but I found none, amen. Uh, there was a time uh, when there was no leader, amen. Uh, there was a time uh, where God God didn't have a man in waiting and now we see Israel is without a leader without a shepherd and the scripture reveals that they did what was right in their own eyes amen oh what a sad situation after a little while they begin to forget about God and what God had brought them out of after a little while they figured that they could maintain maintain themselves and they no longer needed God nor the statutes of God but boy were they mistaken and so we come to the book of Judges it opens up with the death of Joshua and the Bible says that they buried him in the border of his inheritance Joshua or Judges rather chapter 2 verse 10 it paints a very disturbing picture here the Bible says also, all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, uh, which knew not the Lord, yet the mighty works uh, which he had done for Israel. Uh, in other words, the scripture here says uh, that all Joshua's generation died, uh, and all the elders that lived with him, uh, they died, and the gospel uh, was ceased to preach. Uh, and there arose a generation after them, uh, which knew not God, uh, nor the works that God had done. Amen. Uh, 
and so it brings us to our scripture we see that Israel begins to do things on their own and after a short time they find themselves in trouble once again let me stop here for just a moment today to tell somebody that when God calls a people and singles them out for a certain purpose that person they'll never be the same amen once God calls you you belong to him amen once you made a choice to make him your God to make him your king you can turn around and do as you please no God's gonna come looking for you God's gonna come searching for what belongs to him today listen to me if God has called you don't ever think for one moment that you can backslide uh, and turn your back on God. Uh, no, my friend, God's going to come looking for you. Uh, you might get away with it for just a little while, uh, but just as sure as you're sitting here uh, today, uh, God's going to begin dealing with you. Uh, you might be here in a backslidden condition uh, and somebody might have invited you uh, to this revival, uh, but it's no coincidence uh, that you're here. Uh, maybe at one time, uh, you've been Belong to the church uh, maybe at one time you belong to God uh, and now you drifted away from God uh, and you're doing the things that you want to do uh, and you're straight away from the presence of God uh, I've come to tell you uh, it's no coincidence uh, that you're in the house of God today uh, God is speaking to somebody uh, you can't walk out on God uh, and you wonder right now God uh, why am I going through what I'm going through uh, why is my family suffering uh, why is my family Finance is suffering. Why am I going through what I'm going through? But God is searching. Sometimes God allows hurt. Uh, he allows pain to come to your life uh, to draw you back unto him. Uh, I thank God, amen, uh, that God still deals with his people. Uh, I thank God, amen, uh, that sometimes uh, when I begin to stray away from God, uh, he allows hurt to come to my life. Uh, he allows pain to come to my life. Uh, he allows me, amen, uh, to come to a place uh, of repentance in God. God will not leave you alone. You can't turn your back on God and walk out on God and expect God to be silent. You can't return to the things uh, that you used to do before and expect for God uh, to sit back and do nothing. Uh, I'm going to tell you, uh, God will always deal with his people uh, with the purpose of drawing them back uh, unto him. Uh, and so we see that after the death of Joshua, that there arose a generation uh, that knew not the works of God, uh, nor the works that he had done. Uh, and the book of Judges begins with Israel uh, being in communion with God uh, it started up right uh, but after a great beginning uh, there comes a disappointment uh, a failure amen uh, failure to complete the conquest uh, and as a result uh, the judgment of God follows amen what the people needed was a leader the people needed a pastor somebody to shepherd them they needed a savior one who would be a deliverer from the bondage 
that they were in and their oppression. And so in this book of Judges, we are given the story and the names of certain men who would become the judges of Israel sometime after the death of Joshua, which leads us to our scripture reading this afternoon. One of the greatest of these judges was a man by the name of Gideon. We know that Gideon was a man of God. His name is listed in the Hall of Faith, which can be found in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. He's listed as a hero of the faith. And when you think of a hero, you're usually inclined to think of strength, great strength and great intellect. You're inclined to think of someone with great charisma and beauty. An enormous wealth or something that comes, someone that comes up from a well-to-do family, amen. And now understand this morning that Gideon didn't come from the high echelon. He wasn't born to be a hero. Gideon wasn't, no. He wasn't a man who possessed certain outstanding qualities. He didn't appear as if he was destined to be great in leadership. He wasn't a child who was reared in the home of royalty or who was raised in a Christian environment. Amen. Gideon had none of these things going for him. He was simply a farmer. Amen. All he did was work the field. Amen. He was a field hand. And to make matters even worse, Gideon was raised in the time of lawlessness when every man did that which was right in his own eyes. But this man Gideon, although all odds were against him, he was transformed from a farmer into a warrior in a very unlikely fashion. Amen. And this all came about, church, as he experienced an encounter, a personal encounter with God. Amen. I want you to know tonight that Gideon's life is a demonstration of what God can do with a man who doesn't believe in God and a man who doesn't believe in himself. You see, I'm talking to a group of people. I know that sometimes we don't feel like we can do anything for God uh, because of where we come from um, and because of our culture. Uh, I can't do that uh, and I can't do this. Amen. Uh, but I want you to know uh, that you can become a mighty man of valor. Uh, you don't have to be a loser. Uh, you don't have to be a drug addict uh, or an alcoholic. Uh, you don't have to be a, a Hispanic uh, sitting by a tree uh, taking a siesta. No, no, no. Uh, you are a mighty man of valor today and you are precious in the sight of almighty God praise God you see Gideon was a farmer who really enjoyed his trade unlike some farmers he had no desire to be anything else but a farmer amen he had no political ambition. He never dreamt of becoming a military leader. And yet, 
God had a different plan uh, for Gideon's life. Amen. Uh, and so the story of Gideon is very unique. Uh, it's a story of how God made a hero uh, out of an unlikely person. Amen. Uh, but you see Gideon's story. Uh, it's not just a story of great, great exploits. Uh, but it's a story uh, of the transformation uh, of the power of God. Amen. Uh, and the message that I hope to get across uh, to somebody today is. Uh, that God is looking for a Gideon. Uh, he is searching for men and women of faith uh, who are willing to step out, amen, uh, and do great things for God, amen. Uh, you might be here today uh, and you might be satisfied uh, just sitting in the pew of the church, uh, but God has a greater calling uh, upon your life. Uh, I've come to tell Apostolic Lighthouse, uh, it's not enough uh, just sitting within the church uh, and receiving the blessing of God. Uh, God has something greater. Uh, God said uh, to him that much is given. Uh, much is going to be required. Uh, and after this revival, uh, God is going to instill in somebody uh, a spirit uh, of a hero. Uh, a spirit uh, of a great uh, and mighty warrior for the kingdom of God. Let me tell you, not everybody can step up to the occasion. It's not always easy being singled out for the purposes of God. But let me tell you, there's no greater reward. I've talked to Pastor Barunda even a week before God has called us into the pastorship. I've questioned, I've told him, I've told him I've questioned my calling. I've questioned my ministry. When God called me, Pastor Barunda, I was sitting in the back pew of the church, uh, service after service, um, enjoying the blessings of God there at Family Life Center. Uh, and God began to deal with me. Uh, the city of Peoria needed a pastor. Uh, I wasn't ready to go, Brother Ray. Uh, I wasn't spiritually fit uh, to go and pastor the people uh, that were hurting. Uh, but God began to deal with my heart. Uh, and he said, Frank, uh, you can sit here in the back of the pew uh, for the rest of your life. Uh, and you you can sit here uh, and raise your hands now and then uh, and receive the blessing uh, or you can get up uh, and you can be a mighty warrior uh, you can get up uh, and be a hero uh, to somebody uh, that's lost uh, and dying without God it's not always easy getting up when God calls you God called me to the ministry and he called me to the pastorship. I left a father, a hero of mine, an afflicted man who was about to lose his leg. But I said, God, if this is what you want, I'm tired of being mediocre. I'm tired of just sitting in a pew, receiving your blessing now and then. God, even if it means losing the greatest thing in my life, my pastor, even if it means separating myself from the one that I love the most, God, I'll do it, Lord. I'll do it. I thank God that I'm in the perfect will of God. I'm nothing great. I'm nothing to talk about. I don't deserve to be standing up here right now. But 
thank God I was a nothing. I was a loser. But now I become a mighty man of valor for the kingdom of God. Speaking to anyone that's preparing to enter into the ministry or anyone that's preparing to take on a certain task within the church regardless what it is I tell them to expect opposition expect a breaking of the wheel here somebody here today you're going through it there's a spiritual warfare taking place within your life even right now as we speak amen but it's a good thing i want you to know amen whenever you decide to do something for god expect to be broken amen because if god is going to accomplish anything through you and i we first ought to be broken of ourselves amen listen to me somebody today men and women are not born heroes amen they're made amen by their circumstances uh, and oppositions that come up against them. Amen. Uh, any hero throughout life, uh, they've had to go over certain obstacles uh, and defeats have come upon their lives. Uh, but the most common denomination, uh, denominator within their life uh, is that they just didn't sit back uh, and take it uh, and drop dead. No. Uh, some of the heroes of the word of God uh, in the Hebrews chapter 11 uh, you will see that they all died uh, but they didn't die sitting down. Uh, they died fighting a man. Uh, they fought with a sword in their hand uh, and they fought the battle uh, until the sword uh, it clave unto their hand. I'm talking about a hero today. A hero. They're not made by their own being or because who they're born to. But they're made by their own circumstances and opposition that comes to their life. The book of Judges chapter 6. Amen. When you get a chance, read the story of Gideon. Not now, but read it. Chapter 6, verses 1 through 24. We can see the life of Gideon. His first stage is, that, as I mentioned, that heroes aren't born. Amen. They're created. Amen. We see the first part of Gideon's life. Gideon is a coward. According to the word of God in our scripture reading tonight, the Bible reads that the people of God are feeble, they're fearful, and they're fettered. Amen. In other words, the scripture here in Judges chapter 6 is telling us uh, that the people are in bondage. Uh, amen. Uh, the people of Judah. Amen. Uh, they're afraid. Uh, they're weak. Amen. They're tied up. Uh, and Gideon is bitter against God. Uh, he's discouraged and blames God uh, for all of their troubles. Amen. Uh, and so in our scripture reading, uh, in Gideon's miserable condition, uh, the angel of God calls Gideon. Uh, and when he does... Uh, the angel of the Lord calls him uh, a mighty man of warrior. Amen. Uh a mighty warrior. Uh, but as we look to Gideon's life, uh, is he really a mighty warrior? Uh, or is he just someone hiding up within the ranks of the army? Amen. Uh, 
the Bible says that when the angel of the Lord came to him, it found, amen, Gideon. He was by the wine presses to hide it from the Midianites. You see, the angel of the Lord came to him and said that the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor, amen. I want you to know that when God found Gideon, when the angel of the Lord came to Gideon, this mighty warrior, he wasn't acting like a warrior. He was hiding behind a wine press, acting like he was in the battle. He was acting like everything was fine and that he was doing the job that he was called to do. Amen. But at this point, he's acting like a coward. He's making excuses, blaming God, asking for a sign and asking for wonders. He's hiding out like a little sissy, amen, afraid of losing his life. He's making excuses why he can't rise up and get into the battle, hiding behind the wine press, hiding himself like a coward. He was afraid, afraid to die in battle, and he was unbelieving, the Bible says. The Bible tells us. In the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 8. But the fearful and the unbelieving shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Amen. And so we see that Gideon is unbelieving. He's fearful and he's afraid. Amen. Let me say today that there are too many people within the church of God that are hiding right now. Maybe within this congregation, Pastor. And I've come to preach to somebody today that you're not even in the battle. You're hiding within the wine press. Hiding behind your problem. Hiding behind your past failure. Because of what's happened in your life. Hide it behind your complex. Hide it behind every excuse that you can think of. And you come up with the excuse, Pastor Barunda. I can't get in the battle because, uh, well, you know, amen, uh, I come to tell somebody uh, that you got a problem uh, and your problem is uh, that you can't see past yourself. Uh, I come to tell you uh, it's not about you, uh, but it's about God uh, and the power uh, that God has uh, to work in you today. Praise God. But Gideon's story, amen, uh, when God comes calling to him, uh, he's hiding. Uh, he wasn't in the battle, amen. Uh, he'd given up in the midst of the battle, uh, hiding behind the wine press. Uh, but Gideon's story is not over, uh, amen. Uh, Gideon doesn't stay a coward. Uh, God changes him uh, from a coward uh, into a challenger. The book of Judges chapter 6. Verses 25 through 32, we see that Gideon becomes a challenger. First of all, Gideon has to deal with himself. He's got to deal with his own personal problems, his own personal sin. You see, Gideon had allowed altars of Baal in his own life before he could lead the nation back to God. He had to deal with himself first. I believe I'm speaking to somebody here this afternoon. You've been designed to do a, be a part of this thing. You've been standing on the inside. Amen. But you're not part 
of this last day revival. Uh, you're standing on the inside, but really you're on the outside, uh, pretending that you're in the battle, uh, but you haven't been able to get with it. Uh, I'm going to tell you today uh, that God has come looking for you, uh, and he says uh, there's some things you need to deal with uh, before you can come in. Uh, personal issues, uh, maybe you're dysfunctional, uh, maybe you've been hurt by somebody, uh, or quite possibly uh, by the church, uh, and you feel like God has done you wrong. Uh, maybe you've got sin in your life, uh, and there's things you got that gotta go. Uh, maybe there's some things that you need to stop doing, uh, places uh, where you need to stop going, amen, uh, for God to use you. Uh, it takes an encounter with God, uh, and you hear, uh, and you come to the house of God, uh, and true revival uh, has not got a hold of you. Uh, you're living a counterfeit revival. Uh, you've not been able to feel the presence of God. Uh, you've not been able to withstand yourself. Uh, and month after month, uh, you're wondering, uh, is this it? Uh, am I going to backslide? Uh, am I going to fail God again? Uh, am I going to disappoint my husband? Uh, am I going to disappoint my wife? Uh, am I going to disappoint uh, my children? When God came calling to Gideon, there were some changes that needed to take place in Gideon's life. It seemed like Gideon had it going on. It seemed like Gideon was in the battle. But when God came calling to Gideon, Gideon is found guarding the wine press, uh, but what he was really doing, amen, uh, was hiding himself uh, from the battle, amen. Uh, somebody here today, you've been hiding around uh, down in the wine press for too long now, uh, and the enemy has had a field day with you. Uh, you have suffered. Uh, your family has suffered. Uh, your husband, your wife, your children uh, have suffered uh, because you've been acting like you're in the battle, uh, but you've been hiding down in the wine press. You have suffered. Your family has suffered. And your church has suffered. What you need is a God encounter today. If you're going to make it out of the wine press. You see Gideon, he wasn't all about himself. He said, I'm nothing more than a farmer. I'm not a warrior. I'm not a fighter. I'm just a farmer. And sometimes in the church, we come with that mindset. God, I don't know why you called me. Uh, I don't know why you picked me up uh, from my life. Uh, I was no good. Uh, I was a drug addict. Uh, I was a dealer, amen. Uh, I was an alcoholic. Uh, I'm an ex-con. Uh, why would you choose me? Uh, I'm nothing. Uh, and a lot of times we come to the house of God uh, with that mindset. Uh, God, I'm just a farmer. Uh, I'm nothing. Uh, you can't use me. Uh, and we get into the battle uh, and we hide our ardor ourselves uh, behind uh, our past failures. Uh, we hide ourselves uh, behind our complexes, uh, behind everything uh, and we make excuses uh, why we can't uh, do anything for God. Amen. Uh, but I come to tell you uh, you might not feel like it uh, but you are somebody uh, in God. Uh, you're not a farmer. Uh, you're a mighty warrior today. You may feel like you don't matter much to God or even that you don't matter much to this church. But can I tell you 
that there's a mighty warrior inside of you. I believe today that God is challenging us to become more than we think we can as individuals and as Christians, as a church in general. You see, I thank God that he sees me far beyond what I can see. I thank God that when he called me, amen, to the pastorship, that he saw me what I could become, not what I was, amen. Uh, when God called me, amen, uh, I didn't even believe in myself. Uh, I didn't believe I was fit for the job. Uh, maybe you feel like that this afternoon. Uh, maybe you feel, well, you know what? Uh, God's been tugging on my heart uh, to get involved in certain ministry within the church, pastor, uh, but I just can't do it. Uh, I'm not a leader. Uh, I've got some issues in my life. Uh, you know, as pastor, uh, I've preached the gospel uh, and I've been talked about. Uh, I've had members within my own congregation say, uh, you're not even fit to pastor. Uh, you've got problems in your marriage. Uh, you've got problems in your own family. Uh, and I admit it, amen. Uh, I've got problems. Uh, I'm not perfect. Uh, there's times I've got to get behind the pulpit, uh, pastor. Uh, and I'm struggling in my own life. Uh, I'm struggling maybe. Uh, I've had an argument with my wife. Uh, or I'm struggling with my children. Uh, when I feel like giving up. Uh, but I said, no. I'm not a quitter. I'm a mighty man of valor. I can't give up. I've got too many people depending on me. Help us, Lord, to look beyond what we are now. God doesn't look at you and see a failure. God doesn't look at you and see a drug addict. An alcoholic, a gangbanger, a wife beater, a husband beater. God doesn't look at you as a cholo or a chola or an ex-con, uh, or even a sinner, amen. Uh, God looks at you as a mighty warrior. Uh, before he even created this world, uh, he pre predestinated uh, for you to be here. Uh, and yes, great men have been elevated uh, to the kingdom of God. Uh, and they've done a tremendous work of God. Uh, and in the process, uh, they have failed God. Uh, and now they sit in the back pews of our church, Pastor. Uh, and we the church, uh, we condemn them. But I want you to know uh, if you've gotten up from your backslidden condition, uh, you might be here today uh, and you might have been backslidden time ago uh, and maybe two or three times uh, you've walked out on God. Uh, I don't know why you're here this morning uh, and maybe people in the church look at you and say uh, they don't belong here. Uh, but just the fact uh, that you've gotten up from where you're at uh, and you found yourself in the house of God, uh, you're a mighty man uh, of value today. Uh, I come to tell you, devil, uh, you should have killed us a long time ago. Uh, you should have destroyed this church some time ago. Uh, but now uh, we've risen up uh, to be a church, uh, a mighty church uh, for the kingdom of God. Jesus, as I stand here this morning, this afternoon, transparent, 
full of flaws. The Bible says we all sin and come short of the glory of God. I don't feel worthy to preach the gospel of Jesus. I don't feel worthy sometimes to be even called the sons of God. You see, God called us. We're no longer any of these things that we used to be. Now we are the sons of God. The Bible says we're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. We're a peculiar people. We've been called out of darkness. Amen. Um, and being honest, being transparent, uh, I don't feel worthy sometimes to even be called the sons of God. Uh, I don't feel worthy sometimes uh, to preach the gospel of Jesus. Amen. Uh, but I've got to muster up enough faith uh, and strengthen me sometimes. Uh, and I say, Lord, I know right now, uh, even as I stand here today, uh, I'm nothing in your sight, God. Uh, my works are as filthy rags before you, God. Uh, but I want you to know, help me. God, uh, not to look at myself uh, the way that I view myself uh, because I'm nothing more than a failure, uh, but rather God, uh, help me to see me uh, the way you see me, Lord. Uh, and that's when we start uh, coming away from ourselves uh, and seeing the power of God within us, uh, that we can muster up enough faith uh, to come out from behind the wine press uh, and maybe become uh, a warrior uh, and get involved in the battle uh, of Jesus Christ. Up, apostolic lighthouse up. God is calling us up, to dare down idols within our lives up. the things that have become right in our own eyes up. the things that God sees up differently uh, because once we see Gideon uh, tear down these idols up, we begin to see uh, a mighty warrior uh, come from within him music please as we get ready to come to a close the same Gideon that hid behind the wine press. The same Gideon who scripture tells us feared the angels and the men of the city. That same night, the Lord said, Gideon, I want you to take the bull from your father's herd. And I want you to take another bull seven years old and I want you to pull down your father's altar and cut down the nearby Asherah pole. The Asherah pole was a monument that was built up usually for an idol of Baal. And the word of the Lord came to him and said, Gideon, build an altar to the Lord your God upon this stronghold and take the second bull and offer it as a burnt sacrifice on the wood from the Asherah pole that you cut down. In other words, the Lord said, Gideon, I want you to tear down the foreign altars, the things that have separated you from the presence of God. And the challenge was before him. And now we see Gideon, the conqueror. The Bible says that Gideon takes ten of his servants. As the Lord told him, there was still some fear in him. So the Bible says that he took the men of the city and waited until nighttime. 
But even though he was fearful, he was willing to take the risk. I'm preaching to somebody today who needs to step out in faith and not their own ability. It's not about you. It's not about how much you know or how much wisdom you have. But it's about the Christ that lives inside of you. I'm preaching to somebody today that you've got some people depending on you. Your wife, your children, your family, your friends, your co-workers. Let me tell you that Gideon's action inspired at least 10 men to go with him on this occasion. But still, Gideon's story is not over. More than 10 would follow him. Let me tell you, if revival is going to break out in this community, if revival is going to break out and continue in Apostolic Lighthouse, it's going to begin in your own home. Listen to me, church. The great thing about risk-taking that it inspires others to move out in faith. You've got to come out of the closet and take your stand. People want to rally behind somebody who are taking a stand today. The same Gideon after he takes care of himself, after he takes care of his own sin, after he deal, deals with his own fears and failures and his own complexes, he's now ready to lead a mighty army into battle against the Midianites. The Bible says that the Midianites and the Amalekites, they gathered together and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. And here is where we see finally Gideon, the conqueror. Having dealt with his past and having dealt with the issues of sin in his life, now Gideon rises as a mighty man that he is and issues a call across Israel to bear arms. And they respond to Gideon's call. Gideon, the Bible says, builds up an army of 32,000 men. But the army of the Amalekites, the army of the Midianites, boasted 135,000 men. But God wasn't finished yet with Gideon. Gideon has come a long way from hiding himself. But no longer is he hiding behind the wine press. Now he's in battle. He's hyped up. He's ready to go to war. God told him that he would lead the Israelite army to great victory over the Midianite army. Amen. And so we know the story how Gideon calls for the men of Israel to join him. And to his surprise, 32,000 men rise to the occasion. 
And I can imagine old Gideon, amen, uh, looking through the ranks of his army of 32,000 uh, and saying to himself, uh, ah, this is all right. Uh, we can do this, amen. Uh, but God says, not so fast, Gideon. Uh, you've still got too many men with you, amen. Uh, and Gideon thinks to himself, uh, too many men, uh, how can this be? Uh, how can you have too many men going into battle? Uh, you see, God wanted this to be a God thing, uh, and Gideon wanted to be a man thing amen uh, but God said Gideon uh, you've got too many warriors uh, and when you win they're going to think that they did it uh, by their own abilities uh, I want you to tell the men Gideon uh, I want you to tell them that are afraid uh, and weary to go uh, pick up their gear and go home amen uh, and so Gideon uh, he makes the announcement uh, and surprisingly uh, 22,000 of his men uh, they retreat and go home uh, leaving Gideon uh, with only 10 10,000 men if that's not bad enough the word of the Lord comes to Gideon and says you still got too many men <laughs> Pastor Barunda I found out that before God can send a great revival or before God can send great victory to a people they're going to have to be some folk that got to go. Amen. Uh, the Lord spoke to Gideon. Uh, he said, you still got too many men with you. Uh, I want you to take them down to the river. Uh, and by the way they drink. Amen. Uh, I want you to, I will separate those. Amen. Uh, the story goes that after this, uh, there was only 300 men. Uh, and the Bible says uh, with these 300 men, uh, the Bible says that God gave Gideon uh, and his army uh, great victory over over the enemy amen uh, praise God uh, but God was putting Gideon through the test uh, and somebody might think poor Gideon uh, why is he the way he is uh, why is God pushing the envelope with him uh, but listen to me uh, this was not the same Gideon uh, that hid behind the wine press uh, this was now the new and improved Gideon uh, this was now the Gideon uh, who had an encounter with God uh, and his encounter uh, God allowed Gideon to see himself uh, as God saw him. Amen. Uh, praise God. Uh, I believe that when the Lord came to Gideon uh, and said uh, Gideon uh, he called out to him uh, and called him a mighty warrior. Uh, I believe that Gideon probably looked around uh, and said who is he talking to uh, because Gideon didn't think too much of himself. Amen. Uh, but it caused Gideon uh, to take a good look at himself uh, and say self uh, I'm better than that. Uh, Self, uh, I've got to start playing the part of a coward uh, and I've got to get into uh, the battle. Amen. Uh, I think somebody here today, uh, you've got to analyze where you're at uh, and see where you're at today. Uh, my friend, uh, the reason you find yourself here today uh, is because God uh, is giving you an opportunity uh, to see where you're at today. It's not time to hide behind your complexes. It's not time to blame everyone else for where you're at. Because it's only when you see yourself as God sees you that you'll get up from where you're at and become that somebody, that hero that God has called you to be. Stop looking at yourself like a failure. Stop looking at yourself this afternoon 
as a loser. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Now Gideon has restored faith in himself and restored faith in God. And now his faith is being tried. His army has dwindled down to 300 men to battle 135,000 warriors. But Gideon trusts in the Lord. The Bible says he hears men talking as he went to spy on the land. And one of the men spoke and said, I had a weirdest dream last night. Dream of a loaf of barley rolling down a hill into the camp that flattened our tents. And Gideon overheard another man speak and say, well, your dream can only mean one thing, Gideon. Or it could only mean one thing, that Gideon and his men are going to beat us in this battle. And the Bible says that that's all Gideon needed to hear. He went back to his troops and he said, hey, God has given us great victory. I want you to get your trumpets. I want you to start praising and start worshiping a man. Um, when the Gideon heard this report of the dream and the interpretation, uh, I like how the scripture reads. Uh, the Bible simply said uh, that he began to worship a man. Uh, he went back to the Israelite camp uh, with a praise in his heart. Uh, and as he returns, uh, he told those that remain, uh, Get up, uh, for the Lord is handling us, uh, the Midianite army over us, amen. Uh, with the 300 men, uh, he said, I want you to do as I do. I want you to get your trumpets and when I blow I want you to blow I want Apostolic Lighthouse to know that victory's already here you don't have to wait till after the battle you don't have to wait get your trumpet get ready to blow you might be in the battle but start blowing start worshiping start praising revival is here victory is here it's not time to sit back it's not time to feel sorry for yourself, but it's time to get in the battle. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, you come to this revival. You've been defeated. But if you just begin to shout just a little bit, if you begin to worship just a little bit, maybe if you get out of your pew and do a little dance, Wait, your uh, victory's here. The uh, victory's in your praise. I don't know if they heard, Pastor. The victory's in your worship. Uh, so you gotta show the enemy uh, that you've got the victory already. Uh, start giving God praise. Uh, stop worshiping. Uh, start praising the name of the Lord. If you're satisfied where you're at, stay where you're at. But if you want the victory tonight, if you want to become a mighty man of valor, I want you to get out of your pew and come up and worship God in a dance. Come on. Come on, you.